So in this talk with you, I'd like to explore the areas of commitment, touch upon some fairly essential and important uh, aspects uh, of it, and then flowing on from that if there are any areas or questions or concerns uh, uh, that you may have. And in the exploration of looking at uh, commitment with these three primary areas uh, in mind, one is our life itself, including the social aspect, people, friends, family, work, colleagues, neighbours uh, and uh, others. The, the world of uh, 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 creatures, which is a, an important one, obviously, and the world of environment. In many, many conversations that I have with, uh, uh, with people, and as you mentioned, one of you mentioned a few moments ago, the importance of linking up and connecting with others is critically important to the human spirit and the ability to participate, engage and be committed to. Unfortunately, we live in a climate and a culture of um, immense isolation. Loneliness and separation is often like a, a, an epidemic there's uh, a loss, there's a major loss of the sense of community and all of this has its impact upon individuals obviously <coughs> that impact then has its social and global impact we shouldn't underestimate the, the deep tragedy of isolation so a major commitment like you are doing this evening and, and others elsewhere are doing are saying I need to get out of my house I need to go from A to B and participate and engage just uh, I can remember a month maybe or just over a month ago I spent three days <coughs> in uh, London and what was taking place there was the uh, uh, Extinction Rebellion uh, actions in which thousands of uh, people uh, were engaged in a variety of uh, conversations that uh, took place among some of the um, abiding memories uh, uh, of that of how empowering it was for people who have received an immense amount of information climate emergency, environmental destruction, fossil fuel industry, the forest fires, the floods, the famines and much, much more. And the isolated individual, she or he, feels that the state of the earth and the planet is in such a, a traumatic 
condition, the outcome is the individual feels helpless. And that impact upon the indi individual weighs the person down, person's quite sensitive, is hearing on their television, in the radio, in the conversations, and sometimes very personally, the drought situation, the forest fire situation here, the floods uh, uh, in Britain, uh, the fact that 13 countries um, this year experienced the highest ever recorded temperatures and much, much uh, more. And people know this, they hear about this, but then their impact is not empowerment, it is a feeling of helplessness that lends itself to feeling low in the spirit, uh, a kind of mantra of, of what can you do, it, the world is in uh, uh, such a, a mess. And, the, uh, and from all of that, there's, an, for some, an inability to act. But when people come together, taking Extinction Rebellion as a contemporary uh, example, it generates a tremendous amount of energy and an enormous amount of imagination and creativity that's going along uh, with it. So when I was there, there was, there's Parliament, and in front of Parliament there's this kind of large uh, lawn and the road running around Parliament. Then you have Whitehall with the various government offices on either side, including where the Prime Minister uh, lives. <coughs> and then at the far end there is Trafalgar Square. And it just going from one end to the other, from Churchill at one end to the statue to Lord Nelson at the other, how Britain has glorified its military, its generals, um, and created out of them the, the, these gods with their incredible painful imperialistic colonial war making uh, history I, I never realised so much until I was walking up and down this, this one long street that is in London but more importantly than all that to see what people were doing so down in the centre of um, Whitehall there were mothers breastfeeding their babies and the police are not going to touch Mums breastfeeding their babies uh, there. And the reminder to everybody, hey, we're here for these babies. We're here for the kids. We're here for the next generations there. One has, one saw lines of <coughs> Buddhist meditators sitting there in the middle of the road, hands there, just being present, meditating uh, there. One had Australians dressed up in kangaroo outfits at least two, two and a half metres tall and a kind of bouncing box underneath their feet jumping up and down I mean, it was extraordinarily funny <laughs> but a wish to give support to the animals there and very, very uh, uh, if, uh, effective well, there, there were uh, a friend of mine I don't know how they did it they got hold of a fire engine 
and drove it outside, I think it was the Ministry of Defence, so lots of people were protesting. They, they put in it red paint there with the hose into the water uh, there, and see with his fire engine, leaned back and set this water, which had gone pink because of what was put in it, towards the Treasury. <laughs> But they couldn't hold it, so it just, it was too big. I mean, one of the guys was like turned 80, he was doing it. And they couldn't hold it, so he just sprayed it. Just everywhere. Every, it went uh, ev everywhere. And what was extraordinary about the whole event was, right from the babies to those who were in their 70s and 80s and uh, before, there really was a huge spectrum of, uh, of uh, 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 people. There were people who had, guys had built wooden towers, I mean, which went about, about maybe a metre high by a metre deep, and built these towers there climbed up on top of the towers and chained themselves to the top of these towers, which were reached up higher than this room here, so at least four metres. Uh, 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 we didn't In Trafalgar Square, <laughs> people had brought baths, you know, the bath that you have a bath in, and put them in Trafalgar Square and chained themselves to the taps. Yeah, there pe people glued their hands to the walls. I mean, they were, it was eccentric, and and other thousands of people making music and and dance and uh, uh, protest and singing songs to the police. We love you and much much more. And the, and and some were begging to be arrested, because the more arrest, the more publicity. The number of arrests turned out, if I remember rightly, 1,835. And not for any violent action. They were being arrested under Section 14. So I was standing, it's about 9 or 10 o'clock at night, just, out, just near Parliament, in the middle of the road. Lots of others were in the middle of the road because it was blocking the traffic. That was the intention with some friends, we were having some discussion and the police said if you do not move immediately hello, then within two minutes you'll be arrested under section 14 so I moved out of the way, I had to come to Australia I didn't want to be arrested etc et 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 uh, and the lawyers for Extinction uh, Rebellion had thought everything out and it was not one single campaign that there were 11 different campaigns going on in and around uh, London they protested <coughs> took the London police to the court and the court agreed with them that these arrests were illegal arrests and so those who have now been arrested, if they so wish, can now sue the London police for false arrest. So this dialogue and debate, but the most important point, to repeat what I said a few moments ago, is that the action to engage in a commitment towards change, 
not only benefits people, animals and the environment, but also it empowers the individual. And currently, there's a whole new set of protests which are now going on. Because it requires, for real change to take place, the application with the commitment of the use of imagination. So the arts and the critiques <coughs> and the people meeting together, the combination of the critique, <coughs> the arts, actions on the, on the, on the street. Currently fasting is uh, another protest which is uh, going on, uh, on. All of which is then uh, generating a climate and a culture for change. It's still in the first year, this is Extinction Rebellion, but the XR meetings have now and are pointing a fresh way forward which is different from the old methodology which was, as many of us know, go to demonstration, you start at 10 o'clock in the morning, you finish at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and you go home and you've made your, made your protest, whether it's 50 or 100 or Two, two or three million as it is uh, sometimes and in this XR the key theme is disruption and disruption essentially means you don't go home you stay out there you stay overnight you disrupt and one keeps that public attention on the, <coughs> pardon me, the issues of our time so, learning point, if you're feeling concerned and if there's any voice inside which has any whisper, big or small, of despair, that will <coughs> handicap and cripple action. And it's really important that we can distinguish clearly here is the state of the world and here is the state of mind the state of mind is not of despair is not seen clearly it's a reaction to the event and the reaction to the event colours the event it is not healthy it is not helpful and it's part of the problem and unfortunately there is the confusion and the mixture of despair with the state of the world. And we need to, in a way, to use that key extinction rebellion term, disrupt that. So, okay, here's a state of mind, it's called despair. It's called sadness. It's called helplessness. It's called frustration or whatever. May I not think what's there and this reaction to it is the reality of it. It isn't. It's just a conditioned reaction. And therefore the question for the human being, what will change from despair to empowerment, to engagement? It won't come through counselling. <laughs> it won't come through thinking about it. It won't come... It will come through commitment. It will come through the action and people have to really listen really well to uh, each other 
A second trend which is going on at the moment uh, with uh, commitment the climate and the culture um, and this born out of lots of conversations in, in Britain but both in Totnes meetings um, <coughs> attending the Extinction Rebellion protests in London uh, and that other, lots of other communications one of the changes which is going uh, on we've all listened to the climate deniers uh, 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 there. and and for many of us just from our own experience and from good scientific research the evidence is overwhelming it is simply over, overwhelming uh, there but the climate deniers have got a new strategy. You will hear less uh, of um, uh, there's no climate change. You'll hear less about there's no climate emergency. One will still hear those um, uh, voices, but it's not the strategy which these people are now using to maintain the status quo what the strategy which is now being used far more frequently is telling people you have to change your life. And, what, and so the idea, the ideology behind this way of, of uh, thinking is, oh, if I change my life, you know, if I turn the tap off, as I just wrote recently, when I turn the tap off when I'm brushing my teeth or whatever, if I reduce my red meat diet or whatever it might, it might be. This, while these things are helpful and uh, important, the propaganda about individual personal change is a way for climate change, climate emergency businesses and governments to keep sustaining what they are doing because the protest against it gets weaker because it's being put onto the individual. The individual, the, uh, us, the con <coughs> consumers, are under immense pressure. So... Go on, please do. Well, we've been doing all that for the last 20 years. Yeah. Those little things. 40? Yeah. <coughs> 20 mm. plus, yeah. Mm. We've been doing all that. Exactly. And <laughs> the importance of that is certainly to be respected and, and appreciated. But it has to go, in my view, Further. hand in hand with protest against politics, political parties. Uh, to go uh, against large businesses and corporations, all of which uh, have exert in a huge amount of influence. And we do not think just by personal change that will change. It, it could be a way of enabling the large amount of exploitation and abuse of resources to continue because we haven't got a voice. And it's the collective and personal voice which is really, really uh, important. <coughs> yes, yes, yes. I so agree. With um, uh, 
coming back to the uh, importance uh, of the uh, the personal here. Um, at the moment, I know, I know this because I'm I'm a person who uh, has, who, who who flies just landing here in Australia, seven o'clock uh, th- this morning. <coughs> so it's a pretty long flight to make. Good on you for being here. And my <coughs> sometimes I remind myself why we are born with two ears. So. On one side is I get the messages, emails, and other kind of messages. You're a hypocrite. I get the, the kind. You're flying and yet talking about climate change and climate <laughs> emergency, and there you are. You're going off. You go off. Where do you go? You go to Israel. You go to Palestine. You go to India. You go to Australia. Blah blah blah, uh, uh, etc. And you're not a good example. And, uh, Therefore, you shouldn't be shouldn't be flying. It's a legitimate argument, and I want to dispute it. And the other, that's for the other ear, which says, "Oh, thank you, Christopher. Much appreciation. There, you keep your commitments to working with people in different parts of the world, and we appreciate it." That's the other, the other, other ear that uh, comes along uh, uh, as well. With um, the first one, these things are all worthy of reflection on. That's my, my, my really reflection. What's the kind of guidelines that one uses? Uh, and my, the guideline that I use, and also <coughs> suggest and encourage <coughs> with others as well. Is commitment includes intention and motivation. So, if one is going with the primary intention of moti- and motivation to serve others, in all the ways that we can serve others, uh, I think it's a legitimate. It's quite legitimate to travel and to and to use the mode of transport. If one's there to give support, some type for as, as well for others to travel as a real learning curve and perhaps for some of you and certainly for myself that travelling outside of the, our nation state has been a kind of trajectory of sharp learning by being out of the familiar society and the familiar culture and the outcome of that is we've learned something benefit from that and we're able to kind of expand the spiritual, religious, psychological, mind-body, environmental awarenesses there. Sometimes we've travelled, it's changed our diet. We've travelled, we've learned yoga and mindfulness and meditation. We've um, travelled and considered a more balanced and sustainable lifestyle and much, much more. To me, all of that not absolutely necessary, but for some it took a disruption in the everyday life of living in the same place, being out of the climate and the culture for a while, get fresh perspective, and we've come back enriched and a better human being for it. I think to when people are too absolute, like with the flying, as one example, too absolute, I think there'd be more danger 
for the planet if people just absolutely refused and just stayed in their own culture with all the insularity that goes with it and not have an international experience. And for those of us who, like myself, say living in a, a European culture and uh, society, it's you have to fly. I'd better don't fly to go to Germany and, and to other countries in Europe. I can take the train, which I do. But one has to fly pretty well outside, to get outside of a Western society. One has to fly. That's how it, how it is. If we want to get out. <coughs> but it needs some reflection. And similarly, <coughs> roughly, roughly, in the percentage-wise, and I'll come down to the specifics in a moment, the roughly agreed figure is that all forms of transport, which includes flying, its global impact in terms of resources, pollution, fossil fuel industry and so forth, is around 12 to 15 percent, roughly, roughly, for all forms of transport. Ships and planes and cars, I don't own a car myself, and, and uh, whatever. And a similar, roughly, roughly, is around diet. So the UN, as we know, appealing for us to reduce or end our meat consumption, much reduction in the dairy consumption uh, as well, because the feeding of all these farm animals, a massive amount of deforestation that uh, takes place, a massive amount of um, chemicals and pesticides and uh, much, much more, also has its impact. <coughs> so real looking and sharing and it's a collective process of what kind of changes in diet which is sustainable healthy and uses much less of the resources and that's another 12 to 15 percent just related to uh, diet in this uh, uh, world and then the large percentage of environmental destruction out of the fossil fuel uh, industry is very, very much, 50% of it is around the creation of cement and steel for the production of goods. That has a huge impact. It doesn't get anywhere near the attention that it's need, needed. <coughs> and we've got to be careful in the exploration of generating a new culture, a new society, a new poli politics, that we don't just focus on one thing, like food, which is really important, or on flying, which is really, really important, but we are really looking at a relationship to resources. And as much as much as possible the recycling of things so my daughter Nashona who single mum with four kids has given, given herself the self-appointed title of Queen of eBay this is a Queen of 
eBay. Oh, yes. You have eBay in Australia? Yes, yes. yes. And similar. Yeah, similar sort of, and similar sort of things. Yes. So the whole house is eBay. Free value, everything in, in the house. And oh. she's got a sharp eye for the cheap and very good deal. Her, her, her treasured item is her bed, which somebody bought. It's a French bed, just under 200 years old. They paid £3,000 for it. Yeah. And this, is, this is what the rich and the privileged are like. And decided that they didn't like it. They imported it from France. It's got a, a, a metal plate on it, the name of the company in France in the 1820-something. And you look uh, there, really old. And uh, nobody bid for it. And the person who was, or family who was selling it, didn't put a minimum price on it. She bid one quid and got it. Because there's some rule. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She got it for a, for a quid. The guy offered her money. To not buy it, <laughs> and he'd buy it back off her. No, no, no. So, but more important than the, than the, the 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 good deal is something about the use and the recycling and making making good use of, of things and help really working to help make them last. Uh, 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 yeah. and I think another as what's going on. Um, in, in Totnes, where I live, there are 12 or 13 charity shops. You've, you've probably got loads around here. Yeah. So the thinking, the thinking that's going on in the sustainability world, outside of underclothing, the basics, can we have a number which is doing the rounds at the moment? Is around 30 items of clothing. Excluding, you know, socks and knickers and bras and uh, thirty I- essential items of clothing. Uh, and when we buy something new, which you know, we do need to do from time to time, can we give something old that we have to the charity shop? Even Not if we bought the new things, so we buy. buy if we, we need to buy something, you know, sometimes in the summers new in the charity shop anyway yes. <coughs> but to have some sense of receiving going to buy something and uh, giving something to the uh, charity shop and as my daughter says it's much more exciting bidding for things than going to a shop to buy things and you can get things yes. etc only just use it as y- some reflection on looking at our relationship to things uh, and in plenty of uh, cases it might be possible for us to come up with a creative way of learning and working with with things. We had in Totnes, this is the community spirit again, where a few years ago on the use of energy people in our street, there's 56 homes in the street where I live, just all being a 
instantly forgettable little street, terraced houses, blah 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 and the outcome was a note went through the doors and asking people for that to come in to look and share together ways that we can, can conserve energy I like to think slightly egotistical I know a little bit about environmental green issues stood for parliament for the green party twice around 30 years ago well what some of my neighbours are doing talk about eating humble pie there there were people all sorts of ages there who um, with the heating as one example only had the radiator on in the rooms that were being used switched off in other rooms doors closed there were people who never had anything on standby nothing whatsoever they you know, in, the, in the night hours uh, there there were um, uh, people who always switched the light off the moment they left the room if, or if it wasn't being uh, 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 use. Um, people who learn one of those never have the temperature in the winter time above the 20 degree mark usually around 15 to 18 degrees but why? all one has to do is put on an extra jumper etc so these are small the aircon I just got outvoted 2 to 1 with regard to the air uh, aircon there are one and a half billion air-conditioned machines in this world. They do con- consume huge amount of energy. They are a major item of the fossil fuel uh, 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 industry and they only serve one single purpose to make one feel a little bit more comfortable. That's all they can do. They can't offer anything anything else. Uh, and similarly with the heating (coughs) a friend of mine came from Sweden and uh, he saw me wear he came to stay for two or three days and he saw me wearing my um, uh, nice nice woolen jumper in the house and he said and he's from Sweden my friends in Devon tell me we don't have winters in South Devon which is fairly true uh, and he said to me I don't think he said I've ever worn a jumper in my home in Sweden I just spend in the winter time I still have a uh, just have a t-shirt on and uh, I said to, I said to him maybe the case that you just have a, a t-shirt on but what about the environmental impact it's not just you feeling nice and comfortable because you just have a t-shirt on and have the temperature at 25 to 30 degrees all around your house and he lives alone as well that, <coughs> it, the whole thinking the shift is, has to be from self which is what consumer culture is self might be me me and my family and the whole thing has to go from self to what is the connection in terms of what I do or what I buy 
uh, and what is the connection between myself and the, and the world around that is the paradigm that's, that is the shift I've got to learn to measure the impact have a sense of it and we tend to work best with that by talking that's what we tend to work best by talking about it not, not articles in the paper. I mean, all of that can be helpful, but though the information, there's tons of information out there, <coughs> but my concern is too much information. Can, the spirit gets a bit weighed down mm-hmm. with the world. <coughs> Talking has a little extra energy to it. And then mm-hmm. meetings and commitments and sharings and things like we're touching upon this evening these are to me is is the progressive way forward it's sad because the um, Extinction Rebellion Mm. here some people, a lot of people Mm. think oh they're terrible they're stupid, they're gluing themselves to things they're doing all these things and here you are saying all these wonderful things they did in England we didn't hear any of it we were doing the same but we're being told off yeah. Well, you get, the politicians are going to make all these new rules that you're going to be put in jail quicker if you the, do anything wrong. The honeymoon. Exactly. They're going to put you in jail quicker. The the honeymoon period is it's been going for years, kind of uh, uh, over. So exactly as you said. So the authorities, that means the government is the major. Mm then exerts its influence upon the police, who have been reasonably sympathetic, reasonably uh, there. The police then begin to exert that pressure. So the current intentionality with the honeymoon period over is to increase the number of arrests uh, there. So the police kept 1,000 cells in London empty and prepared for the for this. Uh, then they had to go much further afield because it turned out 1,800 arrests there. And also, rather than just a warning and then paying a one-day charge, actually to arrest and charge. And the intention behind that, and to increase the levels of punishment, one of the the Dharma teachers in Totnes is currently uh, uh, in, in, in prison and now for, se- uh, for several uh, weeks and the intention behind it is that by stating and giving people a pr- police record for breaking the law this will affect their opportunities because they've got a criminal record mm-hmm. from getting a visa mm-hmm. because that's what you know as soon as you get to Australia or even before do you have a criminal record uh, there? Um, it affects your work opportunities. It's much more difficult to get a job in the social s- sector, in the public sector, if you've got a police record. Very difficult uh, there. It, of course it is. And this putting out this message through the media more and more makes people, young and old, rather afraid. Mm-hmm. afraid of the opportunity for travel afraid of their career opportunities public and private sector because they've got a criminal record even though all they were doing 
was just making some modest protest, non-violently, quite often quite imaginatively, and this is the attempt to close it, close exile down. That's what happened, and that that's going on more noticeably um, uh, everywhere. They, they they'll tolerate it in the name of democracy for a period, and then it gets. Uh, then, 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 they, yeah, exactly. If they stand up for the, the right things, they're being punished. Precisely. That's, that's how the system works. It's called democracy. Um, yes, please. Just yes. Like Go on. Sometimes I see on the street, like, you know, those Krishna religions. Yes. Playing and dancing. Yes. And chanting and. Mm, Hare Krishna people. This. Yes. That to me is more appealing when. It's through music and dance and expression of I don't know, the, the the meetings in terms of protest um, have a very significant um, non-violent ethic with it but it's more than non-violence as a, as a kind of Gandhian kind of strategy it's actually a language of friendliness and politeness. It's a complete shift in, in which anyone who engages in, in the violence of the speech, aggression, yelling, shouting, and certainly in the vi- and in violence of um, <coughs> throwing things. Protest now, the protesters move on those people to stop that so the violence has the people throwing bricks against the wall yelling abuse at the police etc the protesters stop that they encircle those people and they stop it so those people uh, and the arts which is what you're uh, referring to is given an enormous amount of encouragement and that includes music it includes dance a huge amount of imaginative posters and uh, uh, leaflets the bringing in of all sorts of uh, resources like I mentioned a little bit uh, earlier in terms of different generations of, of people I mean to see outside the treasury elderly women in their 70s and 80s lying on the floor on the concrete there being completely still there and the police kept telling me you have to move you're breaking section 14 of the public disorder act and they're just lying there waiting to be carried off <laughs> When, when friends of mine were on the bridges, occupying the bridges, so no traffic could get across the bridges, except and they only allowed ambulances across uh, there. 
and lying there, the police coming up to them and begging, they're lying there on the ground, begging the police to arrest them, begging them. So it's not like the old days, arrest is horrible. Please arrest us. Because if you arrest us, there will be more people. There will be more publicity. We want 500 arrests. And the police said, look, we want to arrest you. But there have been so many government cuts in the number of police officers, we haven't got the police to do it. And the cuts have also, we haven't got the vans, of the paddy wagons, as we call them, the vans, to put you in. So they only ended up arresting 89. And the, the protesters were very disappointed that it didn't reach the 500. So it, the whole philosophy of the change is... Uh, is now moving into an, an, another level altogether. And what that is doing is in giving inspiration. And people then go home and say, how much water am I using? How much electricity? How about the energy? How about the heating? How about the air conditioning? Do I really need a car? Am I only using the car for absolutely essential journeys? Uh, am I using the aeroplane just for essential flights? Or, or whatever. Am I, am I changing my diet? Am I willing to speak at the kitchen uh, <coughs> when I go to see mummy and daddy and have dinner with them and say, thank you, I just like a plant-based diet? Or whatever. And that we keep the voice alive and as you pointed out, even though people may ridicule and be negative and and, and say, oh, these XR people, they're naive, they're stupid, they're irresponsible. And has to listen to all of that. But keep faith with the commitment. Yes. We have, we, personal life is important. But it, community life, friends sharing is important. And the larger picture. I was <coughs> in the environmental studies class mm. where a lecturer was coming up with all this you know, formulas and stuff of doing things. Mm. I mentioned the, if you heard of the country Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan, yes, yeah, yes, yes. If you Google um, Devil's Pit, it's called Devil's Pit. Yes. There's this huge crater mm. and the gas is coming up, mm. natural gas. And Many years ago, somebody lighted that gas, and, and it's just 24-7 non-stop fire. God. And all this, you know, carbon dioxide was in the air. For years and years, it's been there, that, you know, that fire. And, like, it easily emits so much, you know, mm. um, we wouldn't even imagine. And then there's, you know, when the earth changes happen, volcanoes, yes. like they emit so much mm. dirt into the air. There's natural things that probably what the humans impact is mm. one-tenth of what's mm. out there right now. Um, I think all this needs to be considered as well. You know, nature is doing yeah. what it's doing to itself as well. But then again, I would prefer more ethical ways of expressing it rather than putting pain on everyone, <laughs> spraying everyone's skin color. Um, <laughs> more, more poetic, more 
ethical, more civilized, you know, and the word is a word, it will go across anyway, mm. um, you know, once it's been out there, you know, it says, the word is like a bird, once it's out, it's gone, <laughs> you can't <laughs> catch it. And you can still express it, but in a more civilized way. Keep doing it, keep doing it periodically, every week, every week, rather than within one month doing all this crazy stuff and then stop. No, you, you have to keep doing it every week in a continuous one-year period of time for the reprogramming of the consciousness of the government. Mm. No? But in a more you know, presentable way. The, 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 it, it's tr true. The having with the conversations and, and with the eye, eye and witnessing as well there's a certain healthy spirit of anarchy amongst the activists things have changed quite considerably so if one's given groups of people the encouragement and the authority to make their own decisions mistakes will be made no. there is not a governing body which can make a decision about what people do there are certain areas like I just mentioned the non-violence in the voice non-violence in the, in the body not hurting react, not being reactive in, uh, uh, in that way but there will, there will be errors of my view, and I think you're saying, um, certain errors of judgment uh, there. But it is ongoing part of the learning curve. So to give a small example uh, uh, there, a, there's an airport in London called London City. It is mostly business people flying to some conference in the morning and coming back the next day or even in the afternoon. So protests were taking place there. One of the protesters climbed out on the, on the top of the aeroplane and lay down on the top of the aeroplane as a protest. I thought it was brilliant. Personally, I think it was brilliant. No. Another person bought a ticket for that flight, got on the plane, stood in the corridor <laughs> of the gangway of this plane, and gave all these business people a lecture. Why can't you use Skype or Zoom and have conference calls and having to fly? Uh, Etc. He also got arrested and pulled off the plane. But then another person who I actually, actually happened to know, he got on top of the London Underground train and stopped that. And I thought that was a, a real error of judgment. We want people to use, this is like six or seven o'clock in the morning, lots of workers in them going to work. We want people to use that kind of transport. Yes. We want to give them support. And it just upsets people. And they're not the people we want to upset. So... <coughs> it upset a lot of people that time. Eh? It upset a lot of people that on that occasion. Those two people on top of the train. Yeah. 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 And, and they were pulled off the train. Yeah. They got pulled off, and 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 in the problematic aspect of the person getting on top of that train, 
Yeah. Somebody tried to put him down. But the, uh, the person, I think it was either African or West Indian uh, there, so you've got this white guy pushing. It, it, it had a horror picture of racism, yeah, which wasn't obviously uh, in, intended. But this, so various other things as well. I've been told. It it has to be constant discussion. What if we make a mistake? Things go wrong. It has to be looked at. Recognized, apologized for, and and we, we move on, and that's part of the view, the view that's going going on. Mm-hmm. That, that's how it is. It will not be perfect, not not as long as people are empowered to make their decisions. If you take the voice out of the movie, and it will be like Charlie Chaplin production. <laughs> <laughs> All these weird <coughs> things happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and 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 one needs humour in, in 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 these things. I mean, some of the things that you know, people are, are doing, and it just just the you know, Britain has a certain anarchy spirit about it anyway, because we are so controlled by these certain kind privileged elitist groups so there's always been a protest and the good use of anarchy uh, to generate alternatives and people were dressing up in the most extraordinary dresses there's um, there's whole loads of women and men in long lines all wearing the same dresses uh, all the same colour with white faces and hats on and they're just Dancing down the street of, of uh, Whitehall, yeah, and putting out all the all these messages of just poking fun at the politicians. It was it was just a masterpiece of public entertainment with a serious message behind. And we we need that. We 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 need that kind of a certain kind of joy and fearlessness about the system that we live under. And and. and, and people are sitting around and talking about what can we we do and then making use of the social media get them together and then they turn up and then you go like in Trafalgar Square all these baths around people chained to the bath sitting in the bath chained <laughs> I, I go into Brisbane with other older women in yeah. a thing called Knitting Nanners oh, yeah, apparently a politician once said about women, certain women protesting somewhere, that they should go home and do their knitting, so they stand in the footpath around the entrance to the mining company or somewhere, or in front of the mm. government house, and we all bring our knitting and we have our yellow aprons and yes. caps and things on to attract attention, and we have big crocheted notices stop fracking, ruining our wonderful vegetable mm. growing countryside and things. So that's all written up, and we're just quietly knitting the, the, to the, catch their attention. There's a shift going on amongst the, the social towards more trust and confidence in non-party politics. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that that's. Uh, well, we, need the old, we need the older generation to be doing it. Yes. Like you said, the younger generation will be penal- They'll be yes. penalised. Mm. Mm. Because, like, for 
you know, they go to jail, they've got a criminal record, they can't get good jobs. You know, we do need the older people to be doing it. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yes, and, and that, that generational link yes. is very much appreciated and, uh, and uh, supportive. And the age factor, of course, you know, it's visible to the eyes, but the spirit of the collective is, 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 is really precious. Do you, do you, does anybody have sort of some imagination as to, I think politics being actually sort of, I'd like to say replaced, but I particularly mean um, something else going above the head of the party politics so that change happens regardless of certain prime ministers and governing parties having their view of a, an old way of doing things. Yeah, the, 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 the current thread of thinking and where this is you know, party politics, as one of the politicians says, it, it's basically um, an arena for conflict. Yes, Arguing the point, and and little cooperation and more point scoring. It's a bear pit yes. uh, of fighting, which uh, verbal fighting, uh, uh, which goes on, which is all in the name of democracy. And the sense is that the situation of the planet, of which climate emergency is one um, situation, is the collective and therefore it, the, this method, method of the argument to prove a view and the amount of information that our very very conservative press and media put out to shift it away from what the collective and cooperation and therefore the key buzzword at the moment is assembly to assemblies of people working together for change and it's cooperation rather than the perpetuation of conflict and argumentation that, that's one of the changes and therefore to shift the balance of power away from the centralised capital city, Canberra or London or Paris or Washington DC or wherever it might, wherever it might be and to shift it to assemblies around the country, people working together and to move things in that direction. Outwards. Outwards. Not, not just to, let's say, topness becoming the new capital where no, no. But lots of topnesses, lots of other... Alternative, yes. And, and that, that's requiring a lot of, which is going on, mm. cooperation between local councils, regional people working working together and shifting it away from I think a politics which is so out of touch out of date not relevant for a very vulnerable climate that we are living in I think party politics as it now stands um, is n not constructive it's yeah. I think it's more the funny thing here the funny thing here in Australia is that um, his business actually is is a is an area where there's a lot of innovation and that's that's where all the renewable there's a huge renewable energy industry yes. that's been created by industry 
despite the government and despite their, yes. their nominal kind of connection with the, with the conservative parties, it's being pushed by, by industry uh, and, and business in generally. So they're a lot more progressive than, than yes. a lot of people in the parties. Yes. Actually. So, so and that's, and that's an interesting way outside of party politics. Almost. Exactly. The, the, we, we, the industry is a you know, obviously a wonderful and precious part to play if there is vision towards a sustainable world in which we use the resources of land, water and air for the welfare of people, animals and the environment. Uh, but we know there are certain industries who give a tiny, tiny fraction towards environmental. Yeah. But it's part of a strategy um, in, in which to maintain their core purpose, exploitation of the environment, and give this little percentage. But there are more and more extraordinary initiatives, which, like you point out, going on. And some of our scientists and engineers and uh, people in, engaged in research really working hard and we should, and need to really connect with those who are creative, imaginative and really working to uh, work in us and, and support a safe world and environmental uh, imaginations. We need, we need, really, really need those people. Uh, and um, one of the things that the powerful and the rich and the elite are always concerned about is their public image. They have a huge amount of self-image, self public image. And that's where the vulnerability is as well. So the more criticism of the super-rich and the powerful... Whether, whether it's fossil fuels industry, whether it's the, the Microsofts and the Facebooks and the Amazons of the world and much, much more. To make it, put the word out so clearly and, if, and effectively as possible, as well as with the banks and with all the exploitive businesses, that thoughtful, intelligent young people will simply not want to work for them and will not want to be associated mm -hmm. with, with, with these very powerful uh, businesses. Mm -hmm. And that, that climate and culture is also in progress. What do you think of the new generations? Are they more straightforward nowadays? It, it is. We, we've got the inspiration of course of uh, some of the very young teenage uh, activists uh, there. but it's much more a, a common discussion that's going on in the schools as well because the educational system is not fit for purpose it's, it, it's also totally out of date um, and therefore the whole method of teaching and what is to to be taught has to change absolutely radically, radically, in a ways which it's a small aspect of uh, education and themes of the environment, um, uh, psychology, sustainability, uh, ethics, social justice, diversity, animal rights, 
uh, and all the production that gives support to all of that has to be the core element within education not just about being clever and passing exams and all the Darwinian competitiveness it's over it's it's not working we, we, have, we can see it by practical life skills yeah exactly Think everything's got to everything fundamental change everywhere that, that's and, and they will require <coughs> wonderful teachers to be quite bold and speak up and, and the students are speaking up uh, as well I'm standing on my railway station in, with the on Friday so the, the Fridays for the future and lots of young people going from the small town of Totnes to Exeter which is the city main city in the county half an hour on the train some of them 10, 12, 13, 14 years of age with their posters, leaflets and banners off to a demonstration in the heart of the city in Fridays for the, Fridays for the Future and some were with their parents and they're just taking a day out of school all credit to them someone gets an idea and then yes. takes a step and with the kind of access that we have with social media and much more the word, things can happen quite quickly my granddaughter's school mm. stunned me by moving this one of the the spring festival it's called it was mm. held, it's always held on the last Friday of term three I suppose that must yeah. be but that was the big day for what's her name you know Tony our young Th people following um, Greta, uh, Greta, Greta Thornburg yeah. Yeah. and so they moved the festival to Thursday <laughs> it's just I, I was just yeah. rocked yeah. gorgeous and then most of the children over a certain age went with their teachers to the protest in the city but I just was you know they abandoned their culture that they've had for the 30 years at school to be there yes that is an example they of moved a big event disruption of the uh, old mm. recognising putting something changing something very important yes even, even in Britain which is going in its you know this Brexit nightmare uh, and all of that is going on with it when they did a vote recently just about a month or two ago 72% of the population said the climate emergency was far more important than this issue around Brexit it's a, it's a change in, in, in direction well what do you think about what's happening in Hong Kong that's, that's been portrayed and played up as being them being terrible and disruptive and violent and Mm. But we, we're always not told all the. No, we're no. So, over, you know, the violence or, or are they standing up for a cause or is it disruption or. We, we, sometimes you get confused because you're told different things. Uh, we, uh, with. I mean, to use it as an example, perhaps, or more, more importantly, as a Sorry. model. For change and the commitment to change, the commitment may be on the outer, 
take Hong Kong as an example. But in my view, it has to be accompanied with inner change. And that uh, inner change is to stay as true and as faithful as possible to a non-violent way of approach. Once one starts bringing in the bricks and the Molotov cocktails, uh, that like is reproducing the like. The anger, um, no doubt it was initiated by the police, the violence. Don't hesitate because it tends to be the situation. But when it's reciprocated uh, and he puts a bad light on the, what they're um, the causes the, for their cause exactly yes, I uh, and that it, re- it requires because I used to give these training years ago what's called NVDA non-violent direct action mm-hmm. in which the training would be using uh, role models of police and practitioners in rooms just like this to train to stay non-violent and totally committed to it because once the violence yeah. ends of the protesters all generations both from the very young kids to the very older will stay away because they don't want to, to endure the violence yeah. and therefore and then there's an intensity a confinement generally speaking within, within the age group and the reactivity so we've been seeing on our television yeah, screens yeah. Um, the horrendous violence going on in the in the, uh, the, the street, and it's unfortunate. But without training in nonviolence, mm. um, it, it tends to go that direction. Mm. So that's unfortunate. Even though you know, completely sympathetic to the. To the cause and the and the reasons, and no doubt about yeah. that. Mm. So, so there's a need for that training to be happening in uh, the community. Yes, um, definitely. Yeah. And uh, and for people, even a formal kind of training, or through a shared discussion of the great significance of it. Yes. There, so. When there's some loss of that, the anger will build and then the blame will come. And what goes on in our everyday life, Mm. there's frustration, there's pressure, and there's anger and there is blame. So that's being carried, then there's a demonstration. And when I was on the XR demonstrations in London, the police were coming around quite late at night, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and there were hundreds of tents that people had put up you know, as part of the uh, protests. And the police started coming in very, very aggressively uh, there. Not, not, not so surprising. But unfortunately then, some of those who had access to loudspeakers there were then condemning the police through the loudspeakers as if all the police were aggressive and violent, which they are not. Mm-hmm. Just that some, mm-hmm. with the stress, and they were tired, and they got angry, and then they were inflicting <coughs> aggression on some of the people, uh, etc. 
But to be fair to the police, I'm no big lover of the police, but to be fair to the police, it was a small minority. But then it gets generalised into this is a police state. It's going too far. And similarly, it went too far the other way. So friends were arrested. They're white. They then put in the cells in London. And they got their own cell. And my meditating friend said, it's great, lovely cell to meditate in, etc. And then every hour, the police officer would come and just pull across the little window thing of the cell door. Is everything all right? Would you like a cup of tea? Uh, is there anything we can do for you? Said, no, fine, just meditating. Fine. Okay, sir. And closed uh, uh, there. So then friends would say to me in the demonstration how lucky we are to have such a tolerant police. My daughter she has four kids. They're all four kids are Anglo-Caribbean. And ask Caribbean or Africans in London what they think of the police. It's not, everything all right, sir? Can we give you a cup of tea? You're white. And you think, oh, the police are so kind, etc. But you're white. You've got, and, and if you've got the right accent, and you've got the right education, the, the right manner, etc. But it's not the case for everybody. How very much, you know. And here in Australia too. Exactly, we know. Yeah, exactly. It goes on everywhere. And it's very easy. I mean, it was kind of peaceful, you know, kind of. When some of the people had their hands glued onto the pavement uh, uh, there, it made me smile to see police officers with a little squirt thing squeeze to loosen their hands off so they can arrest them. Um, I hope this uh, isn't hurting you, madam. I hope so. Is okay? Can I just lift your hand a little bit? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, then off, and then off to the off to the cell, uh, etc. You know, we know in some places that's how it would be. So, but got to be fair to the police, yet also equally acknowledge that there is some racist amongst the police there are some bullies amongst them they, you know, always like that we haven't the <coughs> yeah, had we any change in, in, in the form but anyway we're flowing two weeks ago we had a lady two, two legs broken during the protest two, two legs broken two legs broken yes broken. They, they ride her off with the horses Yes. Mm. And I thought that was like a violation of human rights. It is. Yeah. It, 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 it is. And that, like you said before, that causes us to see reports of that in the social media and possibly in the paper too, I don't know. Mm. And and some people to generalise the police mm. exactly. are bully or are, and it's it's only some police, and in fact, the problem with our coloured teenage children, Aboriginal and other migrant coloured kids, mm. experiencing problems with police checking on them all the time mm. and things, um, is it's um, not 
it's not all the police that are picking on those kids. Yeah, yeah. One has to, just for the language, because I've got my teenage son, grandson. Yes. He's sharp. I, 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 a few years ago, I used the word coloured. He said, we're all coloured, granddad. You're coloured. You're white. <laughs> he said, we're black. <laughs> and <laughs> the, the, the lovely incident with the boy recently is just to give you, you know, on this the, 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 the divide and, the, and good humour. He said with humour. So he's at college doing his uh, A-levels and he forgot to take the sandwiches to college, which is 20 minutes away. So he rings his mum up, my, my daughter. Oh, mum, can you bring the sandwiches over? I forgot them. And then the Shauna said to him, you forgot the sandwiches the other day and last week. No, I'm not going to bring them over. You've got to go to, uh, go around the corner shop and buy some, some sandwiches. You're 18 years of age, you're old enough, etc. <laughs> that, and then he came home and that evening she, she says it was all forgotten and then she said to him I'm always doing the washing up you're, 18, you're a man you, know, you, you should do the washing up and then he, he said to her laughing not seriously but laughing with some good humour he said that's the trouble with you white people you still want us blacks to be your slaves <laughs> Yeah, so he's using humour. <laughs> with, with good humour. She rang me up yes. absolutely in fits of giggles about yes. it because, you know, just the, the sharpness of saying this to his yes. mum. Yes, uh, his mum's wife. Uh, yeah, yeah, his mum's wife, of course. Uh, Etc. Et, et, et so sometimes there's, you know, playfulness and good humour. You know, the, one of the, they had the Edinburgh Comedy Festival every year. Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, one of them, uh, and they give out uh, at the end the, the ten most popular one-liners, and one of the one of the ten most popular one-liners. Uh, one I think I mentioned to Judy uh, uh, early on. But I really wanted to start up a a campaign uh, for feminists, but my husband wouldn't let me. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, just some people just yeah, the sharp can use humour. You know, just it turns it right around. It just and shows it. what feminism yeah, is yeah. for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 All right, should we have a little five minute? Yeah. We haven't even had our cup of tea, did we? No, no, no. we'll just carry on doing it then. We've just been flowing along. Flowing, so so we'll, we'll have another five minutes, then we'll, we'll yeah. finish, then we'll have a cup of tea at the yeah, very end. Fantastic. You're good? Yeah, that's good idea. All right, so let's, let's have a five minute um, meditation together, and I'll give it a little guidance and then we'll finish. All right. <clears throat> Just sitting, just sitting in the quietness of the evening.
explore together some of the inner and outer changes. The benefit of support we can give to others through the collective, through people meeting together and the support that others can give us as well. And when women and men and children come together, it contributes to cooperation, to creative imagination and actions and initiatives for the welfare of people near and far, the welfare of animals and creatures on the ground, in the trees, in the air, in the water, under the ground, and for the welfare of the environment, the earth, the resources under the earth, in the seas and in the oceans and in the rivers and in the air. So that we cooperate together, we find our voice, we hear the voice of others, and so we are willing to question and challenge abuse in businesses, violence and exploitation of our world, and also in the politics, sometimes of the left, sometimes the politics of the right, sometimes the politics of the centre, all of which can be committed to economic expansion without consideration for the world in a sustainable well way for all people. We also have touched upon the steps that we can make ourselves, exploring our relationship to modes of travel, exploring our relationship to diet, to making things last, spending money wisely, For recycling and re renewables so that our change is a commitment to both the inner and the outer. So that we give support and make accessible and available the resources and the mutual interactions such as our one together this evening here in the relaxation centre. An opportunity for us to share our experiences, learn from each other, all being well, inspiration and insight for our daily life.
may all beings live with calmness of being. May all beings live with inspiration and insight. May all beings live with love and wisdom. Thank you uh, everyone for making the time uh, this evening. Thank you for your lovely uh, uh, responses. Much, much appreciation. Thank you for coming from wherever Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you. Right, a cup of tea. Thank you, Lionel, for the invitation as well, of course. <laughs>